0: Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
3: How do I I'll skip ahead of it? No, I can't skip ahead. Alright, all everybody, into the time machine. Hey, what oh, wait oh, time. Wait oh, wait Get. No, no no no, no,
1: no, no! You don't understand how radio works. All I
3: have
0: to do to return this is
1: fade my voice out like this and cue the organist. And you see, here we are. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, I must inform you that this is Episode 3. My name is Pete.
4: This is Paul.
5: And I'm Jane. The purpose of our show is to present specific episodes of our favorite old-time radio series. Episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series, or as one of those quotable episodes that fans of old radio like to discuss when they get together. We'll open each
1: episode by introducing the episode, describe it briefly, and then play it for you. Then... We'll come back at the end of the selection and discuss it at length, each of us giving their opinions on its merits, its performances, or anything that stands out for us.
0: And that's exactly what we're presenting to you, just our opinions on whether or not it's worthy of a place in every old-time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us, and in fact, we may not agree with each other, but we do hope that you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more. Each of us three
1: will take turns selecting a show for discussion. Last month's selection was mine, and that was an episode of the Jack Benny program, in case you didn't hear it. This month, we turn to Jane.
5: And what do you have for us, Jane? This month, we are going to listen to an episode from Lights Out Everybody. And it's uh, a, a really creepy episode. That's all I'm going to uh, expose on that. Uh, it's called the <laughs> it's called the little people, and and um, and I again, it's oh, a really creepy <laughs> creepy episode. Um, this is from. The Arch Oberler era of Lights Out Everybody. Of course, um, Willis Cooper was the uh, originator of the series. And then in the 30s, late in the mid 30s, Arch Oberler took it over and he took it in a little bit of a direction that was a little more creepy, especially uh, when he started uh, moving into the 40s. His episodes that he were writing, he was writing uh, a little more on the horror side. And um, this episode originally aired in 1937, and we're going to hear the recycled version of it tonight uh, with commentary by Arch Obeler as he uh, would add his his, uh, little commentaries. And also, you'll, you'll hear the date of 1944 mentioned in the episode, and that is when it originally aired in the year 1944. So we're going to uh, really step out tonight and listen to uh, a, a really bit of creepy horror. This is The Little People from Lights Out, everybody.
0: And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency... Get
6: comfortable and listen.
0: Mwah, mwah,
6: mwah. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out, everybody.
4: For Ironized Yeast Tonight, a story of that still, small voice which civilized men call conscience. But first, Frank Martin.
6: The way you feel, that can make all the difference in your life. If you're run down, losing weight, feel tired too much of the time, and if vitamin B1 and iron shortage is what's to blame, listen. Ironized yeast tablets give you both vital substances, vitamin B1 with iron. Men and women who were short of them now tell how these pleasant little tablets help them regain glorious pep and energy and needed pounds, so today they can really enjoy living again. Folks, did you get that name? It's Ironized Yeast Tablets. And now, Bites Out Everybody.
7: moving along. Keep moving along, ladies and gentlemen. Keep moving. There ain't no light from here. Keep moving. Hey, officer, what's going on in the hall? What's the blooming attraction? Read the signs, my man. Read the signs. Eh? Huh? Oh, the great Peter Stransky, world-famous explorer appearing in person in lecture on Ed hunters of the Amazon. Go blimey. Now, uh, move along, fella. Move oh, along, no, officer. Will you tell a bloke what that hunting is referring to? Who's on their Now, look here, you're obstructing traffic. It's lecturing the man. He's lecturing on these Eden tribes that aren't their neighbor's heads. Now, move along, man. Move along or I'll take you in.
2: And now, ladies and gentlemen, now you know the story of these strange motion pictures I have shown you this evening. For the first time in history motion picture is taken of the lower Brazilian region. Someday soon, I hope to return to Brazil and bring back more cinematic records of the customs of these almost legendary savages, including actual specimens of heads and bodies taken and preserved in their bloodthirsty wards. When that day comes, I hope you will be as kind to me as you have been this evening. And so, good night until we meet again. Excellent lecture, Strensky. Excellent. Yes. It went very well indeed. Complete sellout. That head-hunting theme meant excellent publicity in all the papers, you know. Yes, yes, of course. Now, no. if you'll pardon me, my wife. Oh, but my dear Strensky, autograph. They paid to listen to my lecturing and see my motion pictures, not to get my autograph. I'm sorry, my wife. She will be waiting. Oh, and I... come, come, don't worry about her. She'll she's well taken care of. Eh? What are you talking about? I just
7: passed her backstage, and she had a handsome young gentleman having the... quite a tete-a-tete, don't you know?
2: You will pardon me.
6: Oh, John. Oh. oh, come now, Ellen, you must do it.
3: Oh, but, John, that's ridiculous. Who ever heard of such a silly thing? I did, and that's why I'm
6: telling it to you.
3: Well, I won't listen to another word. I really won't.
2: Oh, yes, you will. No, I won't. <laughs> if I might be so bold as to interrupt.
3: Oh. oh, Peter, it's you.
2: I'm sorry to interrupt your most interesting conversation, my dear wife, but we must go.
3: But, Peter, we... Come,
2: I said. The automobile is waiting.
3: But I... Very well, Peter. Good night, John.
2: Good night, Ellen. Come. Get into the car, Ellen.
3: Why don't you say something, Peter?
2: Yes. Yes, I will say something. This. Well, why don't you speak? Why don't you cry?
3: I wouldn't give you the satisfaction.
2: So, you save your tears for him, too. Say something.
3: I'm leaving you, Peter. Leaving me? What are you talking about? I spoke clearly enough. I'm leaving you. Don't be a fool. I'm trying not to be. That's why I'm leaving you. I should have done it a long time ago. You'll go to him. No, I'm going to divorce you first, Peter. Divorce? I won't have any difficulty about that, I'm sure.
2: No. Never a divorce me. Never.
3: You'll have no choice. Please stop the car.
2: Yes. Goodbye. Ellen?
3: I'm sorry for you, Peter.
2: No. I'm sorry for you and him. Come in, Ellen. Come in, and you too, young man.
3: What do you want of us, Peter?
2: It was very kind of you two to come here and join me tonight. You said it was important, Strinsky. What is it? Oh, have a chair. Sit down. There is no hurry.
3: John and I, we're on our way to the theater. If you don't mind, Peter, tell us what you want.
2: I want little. We have come to what the novelist would call the parting of the ways. As civilized human beings, we sit down. I, the husband, you, the wife, and you, young man, the, shall I say favored one to discuss our welfare
3: i'm sorry it worked out this way peter i
2: (laughs) this life perhaps the fault was largely mine i was not a very good husband you're acting very decently about all this mr Strinsky. all i can say is i i love ellen very much and you love him ellen
3: yes peter If we
2: could arrange matters quickly, I mean the divorce and all that sort of thing. Of course. I just said we are together like civilized human beings. (laughs) And now, if you will excuse me, I will close the door. The servants, you know. He's acting surprisingly well about it all, Ellen.
3: I'm not so sure, John. Oh,
2: now what I have to say, I say in complete privacy.
3: Peter, just why did you want John and me here?
2: Yes. We should come to the point. You and I, Ellen, I suppose there is no use talking about us anymore... Is there? No. So? All right, there will be a gentleman. I will withdraw as gracefully as my clumsy self will permit. First, then, we will sign the papers. Papers? I want you to waive our rights. Oh, just as you wish. Excellent. So here is the legal form as drawn up by my solicitor. I assure you it's quite in order. You will sign first, young man. Me? Yes, yes, as a witness, you understand. Oh,
4: very well. My, my pen. No, no, no.
2: Use this one, please. Here, oh, 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 I'm sorry.
4: John,
3: what's the matter? Oh,
2: nothing, just a scratch, the, the pinpoint. Oh, I'm so clumsy. John, Oh, I... it's nothing, really. See, the pinpoint hardly broke the skin. <laughs> yes, but it did break the skin.
3: Oh, yes, John, you see a drop of blood.
2: Oh, it's nothing at all, just a scratch, unimportant. <laughs>
3: Why did you laugh like that, Peter?
2: He said unimportant, and yet it is the most important scratch your young man has ever known. How's that?
3: What do you mean, Peter? What's
2: wrong? You feel something, John? What? A constriction between the eyes, perhaps, Peter, or maybe a strange pounding of the heart.
3: Peter, Peter, or what perhaps, have you done? perhaps,
2: John, your vision blurs. You hear strange sounds in your ears. A great lover.
3: Peter, answer me. What have you done, John? Are you all right? Tell me, are you all right?
4: I, I don't know. My head—it's so strange. John.
3: I, I John, think I sit down. Peter, what's wrong with him? What's wrong? <laughs> John, John. What do you... Your, your lips...
2: You cannot speak, can you, John? If you open your mouth, the words will be your last. Eh, great lover?
3: Peter, tell me. Tell me, have you done something to him? Have you? John, look at me, darling. Speak to me. Tell me what's the matter.
2: Yes. John. Yes, speak, John. Elena, I...
3: John! Peter, help me. He's fallen. Peter, help me. Help me. Help you? But John, look at him. Look at him. He, he's ill. dying. Doctor, get a doctor.
2: Not a doctor, my little wife. Doctors cannot restore even great lovers after the poison of Baracata has entered the veins.
3: Poison? That pen! That scratch! Ellen, you must...
2: <sighs> so, the thought of your lover's death draws the blood from your head and you faint, eh, my little wife? When you awaken, you will wish that you died with him. In a chair. It is most discourteous of me, I know, but then, as you may remember, I always was a barbarian.
3: Oh. John.
2: John. You would keep your voice down.
3: John, you've got to tell me. Where is he? Why am I down here? John's not dead. He can't be dead. Here on that table, under the sheet. Not John.
2: Yes, John.
3: John, you've killed him. Let me loose. let me go to him.
2: Stop John. Then. Stop making John. that noise, you madwoman. Stop it. Stop it, I say. Uh, all right, I'll stop you then.
3: Uh, I'll stop
2: you. Mm. All right. There, my little wife, scream, yell, rave all you want.
3: Mm. This
2: gag over your mouth served its purpose well. Go on. Go on. You amuse me. So, now you have discovered it is useless to talk to the gag, eh, Ellen? It's such a waste of effort, is it not? So now that you are silent, I can go on with my work. Most important work. Yes, you were right about what was on this table here. See? I throw off the sheet... And he was such a handsome man. Well, I must get to work. Oh, you no longer try to speak, my little Ellen. Does the sight of these beautiful surgical instruments frighten you? They need not. They're not for you. They are for John. Yes, yeah. yes, he is dead. Dead. The poison too quickly, but do you think I would let him rest in death Oh no? I loved you, Ellen. And as I loved you, I hate you. Watch closely.
3: <coughs>
2: what? I'm sorry, I cannot understand you.
3: <coughs>
2: oh, you ask me what I'm going to do. The knives, sharp knives, you see them? No, they are not to dismember your precious John flesh buried, decays, and is gone. I want your dear John with me for a long time. Again, you ask the question. I'm trying so hard to explain. He's dead, and he will be dead, but in his death, he will serve a purpose. You remember I told you my savage Brazilian friends, the Ivaros, have a quaint custom of shrinking and preserving the bodies of their enemies but well, I studied their methods most carefully. John Douglas was my enemy. Here he lies. And I will do with him as the Yavaros do with their enemies. So, now you understand. When I'm through with him, your lover will be a little leathery-skinned man, a doll like in size, a trophy for my trophy room. Who will suspect that in that little leathery, doll-like figure is the body of an Englishman? And so he will amuse me in his death. Yes. And you will sit there, my little wife. You will sit in that chair for the many days it will take me to prepare the carcass. You will sit and watch me day after day as with smoke and with heat I make the strong body of your lover smaller and smaller. You will sit there.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, a deep breath, please, before we go on with this story of a jealous husband and the strange and terrible revenge he took against his wife and the man she loved. Yes, before we go on with tonight's lights-out story, a moment for relaxation and a return to the realities of today. The place is a shipyard, and a worker is saying, I
7: quit my desk job because I wanted to help build ships to win the war, but I'm afraid I can't keep on. I'm losing weight. I'm so restless, I lay awake most of last night again.
4: I feel
6: so tired out so often when I know I shouldn't. I hardly know what to do. Do? Why, find the cause of your trouble. And if it's a deficiency of vitamin B1 and iron, get ironized yeast tablets. Vitamin B1 and iron? Ironized yeast tablets? I don't understand. You see, you're working harder now, so naturally you need more strength and energy. But when you don't get enough vitamin B1 from your food, you may lose your appetite, not eat all you need, and so lose weight and strength. And without enough iron, you may be weak and pale and too often feel all in. But ironized yeast tablets give you both vital substances, vitamin B1 with iron. Hmm. Maybe I better try ironized yeast tablets. By all means do if you're deficient in vitamin B1 and iron. Ironized yeast tablets have greatly helped many, many others with these deficiencies. See if they're not of equal benefit to you. See if before long, you too aren't saying...
7: Since I've been feeling so much better, I sleep like a baby. That tired-out feeling is
6: gone. I'm sure glad I tried ironized yeast tablets. And now, back to our lights-out story of The Little People.
2: Fire is warm. Hell... Warm, so very warm. The air, filled with smoke. Dry, swirling smoke. See how it coils around him? At first, how often you cried out when I talked like this, but now you're silent. Weeks. How many weeks has it been? Four, five, six used to take my savage friends ten weeks to dry and cure the bodies of their enemies. Ten weeks. And I... I have done it in five. Look at him. Six foot strong and broad he was, but now... a doll in size, a small brown doll. Oh, what weary days they've been, filling the body full of sand and slowly turning... Turning in the smoke and the heat, not too quickly, not too slowly, not too close to the flames. And now, the man that was John Douglas, a doll, a brown doll of death. The flames are noisy. Noisy. You are silent, little Ellen. You are. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Your eyes are closed. Wake up. Wake up! Wake up, I say. You've got to look at him. Your eyes have got to see him. You've got to see him. You're speaking. I cannot understand you. The, The gag. Yes, yes, I will take it off. Sitting there all these weeks, you haven't got the strength. There. There, that does it. Your lips are free. Well, look at him, Helen. Look at him and tell me what you think of John Douglas now
3: mm mm, And smoke. Smoke twisting and twisting around him. Smoke is taking him. Where has he gone? Ellen. Where has he gone? Ellen. Smoke is smirk. I'll go to him in the smirk. He's waiting.
2: Ellen, stop. Stop, you hear. Understand? You must the understand. Smoke, you away from me. Smoke, 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 smoke. What are you raving about?
3: smoke. The around him. No. His waving. No, stop
2: talking call. like that. Stop talking no, like that, I say. The
3: waving. The
2: knife. Where is the knife? No. I'll stop you. No!
3: Oh.
2: Ella knife. All right. Dead. Up on the table with you. I must prepare you, Ellen, for the smoke and the fire. Took me five weeks with him, and now five more weeks with you. And then you will be as he is, brown with the smoke of the curing fire. A little doll in size. (laughs) The Borneo and the Celebes are not the only savage tribes which indulged in this most curious pastime of collecting human heads as trophies. In my travels in far off places, I have come across at least 20 other races who participate in this strange custom. Cost...
7: Let's get out of here, Mamie. What it means is dry as dust. Oh, but who cares about Hunt and men in the likes of that? Let's get out of here and go to a cinema. Oh
2: so, right, oh right. And they went raiding and killing their enemies, uh, generally in nocturnal surprises. These savages severed the heads of the dead and returned with them to their villages. Members of the tribe believe their rank in the next world depends upon the number of heads secured. But, unquestionably, the most curious custom is found among the Yavaros of South America who not only sever the heads of their enemies, but also are known to shrink the bodies of the dead until they are small, almost doll-like in size. These bodies are kept in the large huts and treasured highly. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a surprise for you. In my recent trip to South America and my visit to the Yaros, at great personal risk, I was able to procure two of the macabre specimens. Yes! Yes, I have here in this trunk the shrunken bodies of two full-sized human beings. That is, at one time they were full-sized, but now, now they are the size of large dolls. A man and a woman, ladies and gentlemen, perfectly preserved. The only specimens of their kind in existence outside of the sultry jungles of South America. Never before have they been seen or displayed upon the lecture platform, but... Tonight, I am going to show them to you. And now you make your public debut, my two beauties. Ellen and John, the new sensation of the lecture stage. Ladies and gentlemen, if you please, if you please, presenting two perfect specimens, the only ones of their kind, of the secret process which enables the savages of the jungles of South America to reduce their enemies to doll-like size. Here we have a living man, about six foot in size during his lifetime, now reduced to midget size. And likewise, here a woman, once a living, breathing individual like you and you and you, now this horrible trophy of the curer's eye. You see, Ellen and John, they like you. You are a success. (laughs) <laughs> A huge success.
7: You. are talking. You. No. No, you cannot talk. Dad, you cannot talk. No. You cannot talk. You're dead. You're dead. Stop. It's a strange passenger we got aboard this time, I must say. Oh, you mean Stransky? Aye, strange he is, mate. But what's he running away from, sir? Oh, sure, mate. That ain't a proper question to be asking of a man when he lays as many pound notes on the table as that man did for this passage. (laughs) Get me out of England tonight, he said. (laughs) And get him out of England, I did. Now, could he be one of them embezzlers? Oh, aye, that he might the trunk he was carrying. Well, he wouldn't let any of the men lay a hand on it. He brought it down to the cabin himself. I'd like to get a look in it. Aye, and so would I. But he stays in that cabin of his all the time. He's down there now. And I'll bet he's looking in that trunk this very...
2: The cabin door is locked. No one can come in when the door is locked. It's going to stay locked until we get there. South America, they won't get me there. No one will get me there. Why did I run away? What's the matter with me? No one heard them but I. No one in that audience but I. They are in that trunk there. There's two of them. Why don't I find out now if no one heard them but I? Why don't I? For sure. Yes, I must. No, they couldn't have talked, not they. two of you lying there. You didn't talk, did you? No. No, of course you didn't. You're dead. You're more than dead. Hollow flesh shrunk by the smoke of heat until you're smoky little dolls. Alan and John, I'm free of you forever. Forever. You, Alan, thing that was Alan. Why don't you say something? <gasps> again. I heard you again, the two of you. I heard you. No. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it, you little things. You, you can't speak. You're dead, burned in the flames. Stop it. All right, I'll stop you. I'll stop you. Into the sea. I'll throw you into the sea. Come, you and you. I've got you in my hands. I'll throw you into the sea. First you, Aaron. Into the water. There. And now you, John, into the sea. Into the sea will stop that tongue of yours.
3: There. Yeah.
2: Now I'm through with you. Through with you. The water will stop your mouth. It stopped it. I'm free of you forever. The two of you forever. Brenton, huh? What's the matter? What's the matter? Uh, the matter? of what do you mean, Captain? Nothing is the matter. Oh, I
7: thought I saw you throw something in the water.
2: In fact, I'm sure of it. Oh, the... Just some old things. Yes, that's it. Some old things I didn't want. Oh, oh, I see.
7: Well, as long as everything's all right.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Everything's all right. Uh. Now, no.
7: It is a weird night, isn't
2: it? Weird?
7: Why do you say that, man? Yeah, it's so dark. No moon, not a star in the sky. It's like we were sailing at the black of a tomb without even candlelight to lead us. You know, if I was a superstitious... What in the devil's name is
2: that? What? What are you talking about?
7: There. to the starboard, see? Two lights. Uh, <laughs> take it, what lights are those?
2: They're coming closer.
7: ship lights? No, oh, that can't be. Why have sailed these waters for it's 15 they. years? It's they. What? The two of them, their faces. See them gleaming faces. Alan, John, get back. Back to the water I threw you in. Bensky, what's back. come over you? Back. Stop leaning over the back. rain. You'll Eddie. fall in. You'll fall in, man. Look ah! Help! I fell in. Help me. Here. I'm here. Save me. Save me.
2: Coming Stay afloat. Stay afloat. Yes. Yes, I'll stay afloat. They'll save me. I won't die, I won't. They'll save me.
3: No, Peter. Huh?
2: Take his other arm, Evan. I Have his legs. No. Let go of me. Let go. Come, uh, uh, uh,
7: uh,
3: uh, join us. No.
2: Stop. Ellen, John, the two of you, stop. You're pulling me under.
7: Drawing me. Drawing me. No. No. Well,
4: Obler. Well, Mr. Martin, what are you looking for tonight? Rationalization? Morals? For, of course, the moral of tonight's story is a healthy and a hopeful one that evil is its own undoing. That reminds me, Frank, outside of Hitler, Hirohito and Company, have you a nomination for the evilest man of the year?
6: Well, leaving Hitler and his fang toothed friend out
4: of it sort of restricts me, doesn't it? (laughs) No, because anyone who thinks that evil is impersonated only by the militarist is quite naive. But you have your say, and then I'll have mine. Do people say you're slipping, that you can't take it anymore? Well,
6: if you're short on vitamin B1 and iron, if that's why you're losing your pep and sparkle, remember, ironized yeast tablets supply both vital substances. Of course, a rundown condition may be due to other causes. If in doubt, see your doctor. But if you simply need more vitamin B1 and iron... Get ironized yeast tablets right away. They've been of great help in scores of such cases. In fact, ironized yeast has been so successful that it's sold on this no-risk, money-back basis. If you don't begin to eat better, to feel better, and so sleep better, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Raway New Jersey. And now... What about this Mr. Evil of 1943?
4: Well, I'd like to tell you about the evil now. I feel like it, but I'm going to tell about him in a play called Murder Castle. Yes, Mr. Evil of 1943. It takes place, as usual, at a time called next week. Yes,
6: tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, Murder Castle. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron be sure to try ironized yeast. But remember, there's only one ironized yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. Friends, those white shoes you now own are not going to be easy to replace. So give them the best of care. Clean them with EnerGene Shoe White. It's made only with the very whitest pigment. And that amazingly white pigment is thoroughly mixed into every particle of every drop of EnerGene Shoe White. So it goes on
4: smoothly and dries quickly to a really white...
6: That was an episode
1: of Lights Out called The Little People originally broadcast circa 1943 or 1944 on CBS radio jane this was your selection for this installment tell us why
5: did you select it it was it was difficult selecting this episode and i'm going to be honest I'm oh, going to be do. honest cuz we hate <laughs> we hate it
0: when you lie to us
5: <laughs> which yeah um I, I knew I wanted to pick something from Lights Out Everybody, and I've heard heard a couple of episodes, and I was reading the synopsis, uh, sigh. and uh, uh, of course, I had settled on one, but then I read the synopsis of this one, and I was so intrigued by it, I went in blindly on this, so <laughs> the content… <laughs> Of course the content is kind of mind-blowing i went in blindly just based on on the uh description of it
0: okay so what you're telling us jane is that you chose this show without having listened to it first
5: that is absolutely correct
0: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> you well, rebel that you explains a lot no, you rebel. A rebel okay well
5: i am a total rebel and i, I hope by now i
0: I I'm hope by now you've be... listened to it. <laughs>
5: yes, yes, I have listened to it.
0: <laughs> okay. okay, well tell like us a... well now 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 that you've heard it tell us your opinion. What what do you what do you think of this episode?
5: <clears throat> okay, first of all, I know this is going to probably punch a lot of people's buttons, especially in this day and age. Oh. And but, uh, you know, just it, it has it has triggering issues in it. So, I mean, I am applying a current now view looking back at this episode that was recorded, you know, 70 some odd years ago, The time was much different. And it was also during an era when shrunken heads were were really popular. And that's one of the things that leapt out at me from reading the synopsis, because I know just from watching old movies and that that at that time, uh, it was a really creepy thing and zombies and things like that. So, you know, that spoke to me. I thought, well, this is going to have to be good. But what I did notice, of course, is that it, it uh, okay, let's just go back. I'm I'm getting too in depth here, and I didn't intend to do that. So let's just talk about the overall creepiness of the episode. You can talk <laughs>
0: about whatever that. you want. This was your choice. You can talk about <laughs> whatever you want.
5: It was so creepy to me, and I you know, and I listened to it with my wife, and which I I asked her for her opinion. Of course, she says to me, she said that guy was a creepy psychopath. And he was, and of course, I know a lot of the Arch Obler. Um, he was known for a lot of his sound effects. So, for a lot of people who are big fans of his, they might find that this particular episode of The Little People was kind of sound effect deficient. How yeah. well, however, hmm. however, <laughs> I think it has a maximum effect of the use of thong. As a
0: stinger. (laughs) Well, that was Um, that was his uh, his trademark. That gong for the stinger.
5: I loved it, and um, uh, uh, I want to hear what y'all have to say, guys. I want to hear what you guys have to say. We're going to feed
0: off that
1: At the (laughs) beginning of the show, he goes, "It is later than, and he's doing it so." Painfully slow. All I, when I first started listening to it, all I could think of was WKRP in Cincinnati, the Thanksgiving episode, as the planes flying by, and uh, what's the name? The uh, the the news guy, Les, is reading Les the Mesmer. banner behind the plane. You know, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm thinking when this guy is, pronoun- is saying this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, isn't somebody there with a stick on? Come on, come on.
0: <laughs> well, that's they crazy. do that to uh, time- it's timed with the uh, the gongs at the very beginning. Um, back then, it was pretty eerie oh. to listen to that way. That was long before people uh, had WKRP in Cincinnati to compare it to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are right. It
1: definitely had the creepy factor. I'm listening to it going, this is 1944. I mean, I know we just, you know, we're in the middle of war and everything, but you also think about the past as being much more of a genteel time. And here this guy, you know, kills the girl and kills the guy, or no, he kills the guy, and he's got the girl tied up, watching, making her watch what he does to this guy throughout the whole thing. I'm like, For weeks, That's really, weeks. Yeah, weeks. I'm thinking... Did you let her have to go to the bathroom even? Yeah. It's like, that could have been a really smelly basement wherever he was working. How he I mean, goes it to the bathroom
0: like... on old radio and old TV shows? <laughs> but Full it was like, suspension. It of was disc- so bizarre
1: for how kind of graphic it was and just the what it's alluding to on how violent it was and everything. And you're just like, this is the genteel early days that I, you know, look in reminisce magazine and everything. It's like, holy crap, maybe not. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, people have been murdering people since oh, yeah. you know, Cain and Abel and,
5: and doing it in weird psychotic ways
0: true you know, there's nothing new and, under the sun and the guy is sounding so much like Bella Lugosi it was the thing.
5: it's like count
0: one
1: <laughs> two
5: <laughs>
1: little brown dolls <laughs> yes little brown dolls I want to bite your (laughs) neck. Oh, sorry,
5: wrong story. But I kept thinking, one of the things I kept thinking about, though, I mean, it's horrifying. It's scary. And I kept thinking, and I know this, I think by the time this one aired, these weren't being aired at midnight anymore. Uh, I think the very first lights out.
0: He sanitized a lot of stuff when it moved to primetime.
5: But, of course, you know, the kids have always snuck away to listen to the radio in the middle of the yeah. night. So I just
0: and there were probably still out. mothers who said, you shouldn't listen to that yeah. show. No, Don't, Don't listen, listen to the lights it. It's
5: out. subversive. And, uh, it's you know, and it was the right first here. show of its kind. It was before Suspense and the other one. It was really a groundbreaking show as far as like this kind of genre of horror.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you did have The Witch's Tale which came out in the early 30s and ran into the uh, the late 30s. And you had uh, The Hermit's Cave and other shows like that that that, that tried to um, present a lot of the same stuff. But um, for me, oh, my God. I've got a long list of notes on, on this here. Uh, <laughs> it's already been touched on. But let me, uh, Paul, do you have anything else that you wanted to, uh, any thoughts on it before we move on to me?
1: Um no, I mean it was an interesting uh episode, uh, some good voice acting. I especially liked the that the interesting voice of when they were little oh, murderer, you killed me. Just that, <laughs> It's like okay. But murderer, uh, all pretty interesting. Murderer. Murderer. Yeah. Got to have a little quaver to the voice.
0: Yeah. So yes
1: on with you, Pete. What do you have to say? Okay,
0: for to start off, I don't know why this was set in England, because the the very first voices you hear are these horrible British accents. That is true. What's going on in there, look, Governor? You better move along before I whop you on the noggin. You know, whatever. So, <laughs> I mean, just really clumsy way of introducing it, and then you hear the voice of the explorer. That's the our our villain. Where is he supposed to be from? His, his accent, yeah. like Paul said, is very much like Bela Lugosi, but very much not like Bela Lugosi. Because I could listen, I could stand listening to Bela Lugosi, all through, uh, uh, say Dracula, but I can't stand listening to this guy. I mean, I mean he it lost really it, got it got every once on, in a while. He got on my nerves after just a couple of minutes, and then he talks so much. All I mean, I mean yeah. it was, this is almost completely monologue. And, it uh, was. And so it, it was just to me it was a poor a poor choice. No jump in, jump in. That's what this is all about. Um the wife is pretty stupid. She takes a really long time to figure out that it was poison that killed her lover. <laughs> when anybody's yeah. listening, anybody listening <laughs> said, "Oh, he got scratched by the pen and now he can't it talk. It must be poison." I mean, those of us who are listening know right away that it's poison, but the wife said, oh, "You poisoned him. It must be a panic attack."
5: Okay, paints women in a bad line, Snowden, moving forward.
0: (laughs) There is so much on-the-nose dialogue here. And by that, I mean exposition dialogue to the point of saying, I have a gun, and it has bullets in it, and I am going to shoot you with it. So is it really necessary for him to say to his wife, so the blood leaves your head and you faint? (laughs) Well... Why not? So, the shock is too much for you? And then he puts the gag on her. And he says, I put the gag on you. And now you cannot talk. So the gag, it is effective. No? What? I cannot understand you. (laughs) Holy crap. And then he creates the shrunken bodies. And it's 10-minute monologue where he's talking about every single thing he's doing to make these shrunken bodies. It's creepy for some people, but it is just boring as hell to listen to it. Hey, wait, can you go back? I missed a step there. Was that hot sand in the body
5: cavity? (laughs) I'm trying to do this
0: Try. Because a lot of it was so repetitive because he kept saying the same things over and over again. He did. He did. Referring to his wife, oh, my dear wife. So, blah, 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 blah. My dear wife. Oh, so you are sitting in the chair and you are wearing the gag and you are tied down so you cannot get up. (laughs) My favorite
5: line, though, was to John when he kept saying, a great lover.
0: Yeah, Yeah. A
5: great lover. He's talking
0: to a dead guy. A great lover. So he passes he's him smart. off. He takes him and shows him uh, at, at, at the Explorers Club or wherever he goes. And uh, then he he starts hearing the ghost voices, right? And then he, so he escapes. He tries to escape. And, and, and we're on the ship. And then we get a bunch of more on-the-nose dialogue from the sailors. Oh, so what's he doing? Oh, he's in his cabin. He says he's not going to come out. Oh, really? Why won't he come out? Well, I think he's scared of something. Or whatever it was. <laughs>
5: It's almost reading like a CSI episode at this yeah. point, yes.
0: And then we're in a cabin with him and more monologuing. You know, yeah. He, he goes a lot another, more monologue. another Either it's either internal dialogue or just more monologuing. Holy crap. Um so he decides to throw him in the water, right? And guess what he shouts after the after he falls in? Help me, I fell in. <laughs> like we didn't know. Well, okay. Really? You Is that what happened? Because-
5: there was a lot of, uh, I realized that, they, you know, it's hard to recreate the sound of an ocean liner or whatever they were on. Oh, the there was a splash but it and he shouts, it, he, calls, it, he cries you know, out
0: he's, like he's falling in. And then he calls out, help, I fell in.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Then, then the show ends, right? And then we get some racist comments from Arch Obler and Frank Martin. <laughs> talking about, excuse me, pardon me for saying it, I'm just quoting the Japs. And our little fanged friend, Hirohito. Oh, yes. The
5: yes. fanged friend.
0: Yeah. Please. Yes. Yeah. Now, the sponsor was Ironized Yeast, which doesn't exist anymore. And I oh. think it went out of business because more foods were getting fortified, uh, um, so such products weren't necessary. But what the funny thing is, when I first heard the sponsor, I couldn't tell if they were saying Ironized or Iron Eyes Yeast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I know what Does mean. it have a D on the end of it?
0: Yeah, ironized. Yeah. It's I-R-O-N-I-Z-E-D. Okay. So it's like I, it add, you, iron you is added. You couldn't
1: come up with a catchy name? Ironized yeast. You couldn't call it something to make it sound upbeat and, you know, just a name for it instead of ironized yeast. What is it, though? It's ironized yeast. But it's, what did you
0: do? We got it's got yeast one and iron for ironized. We need these yeah. substances. One no. a day. No, I like Frank. There you Martin. go. I, I, I like I the voice. <laughs> I like the voice of Frank Martin, Frank Martin, the announcer. Uh, he did things like for Wheaties. He's like this is Frank Martin, your Wheaties man on cow- on on cowboy shows and things like that. I think he did um, Gunsmoke when they were sponsored by Wheaties or something along those lines. But he uh, remember Wheaties at seven will help you at eleven. So he had a great voice, but um, that that racist Speak- stuff I didn't like
5: speaking of voices i couldn't find out who the any of the uh those people were the yeah, actors I, I, I
0: tried to find out too i couldn't find out who the cast was but the so guy that's why who i'm played, not saying anything, the so. guy who played the the villain is a familiar voice uh he's been in a lot either a lot of radio period or a lot of episodes of lights out so once i hear his voice again i could look it up and try to find it but I don't know who it was, and they didn't give credit on the on these shows a lot of times either, unless you were a famous person. Famous person. Yeah. So. I see. Anybody else have any commentary on our uh, on our shows, Jane? Uh,
5: The next time I pick one, I promise I'll have listened to it first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You rebel. You rebel, you. I don't,
1: That's I don't what know. I it am. It actually kind of made some interesting conversation by kind of going in blind a bit. It
0: did. Yeah, it did. I, I don't recommend it for everybody, but, you know.
5: Yeah. But I, I always Jane. do my research when I do listen to the show. I do. I do. So. Well oh, no. Um, you, you,
0: I believe you. And you did have some good information here. Um, are we ready to vote? Or do we want to talk some more?
5: I think we can vote. Let's. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, well, if nobody vote. else has anything to say, Paul. Okay, let's vote.
1: What are we voting on, dear listener? As a reminder, we are voting on, one, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and two, whether or not it is a standalone show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. And again, Jane, since
5: this was your selection, you go first. Thank you so very much. Uh, Okay, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll be i am going to be honest uh is this episode a true representative of the series no because it doesn't feature a lot of, of the sound effects for which arch Obler was known for creep factor on the script absolutely is right up there uh a standalone show if it should belong in somebody's uh collection <laughs> You know, if you're a horror fan, I would say yes. And I know that's kind of dividing it up, but, uh, you know, if you're a horror fan, yes. And if you're just a regular Joe Blow uh, listener, um, regular, uh, just a passive listener to radio dramas, then I would probably say, no, don't add it to your collection. And that's all I have to say about that.
0: (laughs) Okay,
1: Paul? Well, I agree also that uh, it is kind of for a select audience out there. I mean, there are some people that really are gravitated towards that, the, the horror genre. and the, But there's also a lot of people who aren't. So it's a good thing there's a show like ours to point out these kind of things so people can make their own informed opinions on what they want to listen to. So it does come in handy to have us around. And uh, that being said, I don't think I would actually vote for it because it did seem a bit, um, I don't know, almost almost cookie cutter to me. Just kind of like bing, 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 we're done kind of thing. And like you said, some more sound effects, a little bit more dialogue between people instead of so much monologuing and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't think I could recommend this one for my thumbs up.
0: So Okay. Putting a gag on the wife was a big mistake, is what you're saying. <laughs> she could have talked to him. She could have spent more time talking to him. <laughs> I'm
5: not saying that. Always. <laughs>
0: so the <laughs> gag does not work.
4: <laughs>
0: what? I he cannot could've... understand you. It does work. You could have kept your lover alive longer. talked to <laughs> him, him down. You so, before you could I, to have... I... I do wanted you to now shrink now? you. I wanted to shrink you before you were dead. <laughs> <clears throat> all through
1: the all through the episode, as he's getting shrunk, the guy's voice gets air going a little bit higher, a little bit higher.
0: Oh, getting... you got me! <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Okay, so that's a thumbs down from Paul and a thumbs down from Jane, and uh, I'll have to uh, make it three. Uh, I do not think this is an essential. Uh, I was not frightened by it. I was bored out of my mind by the long, the monologue. To me, it was very clumsily written. Uh, it was very tedious. Uh, in my opinion, Obler is trying hard to be frightening, but he ends up being boring and complicated. That whole 10-minute section where he's talking about how he s- shrinks the bodies.
5: Who cares? He's roasting them.
0: <laughs> After a while, I don't care. Uh, the story gets to contains too many tropes. The on-the-nose dialogue. All of that exposition, the horrible, campy accents. If you had done, even like like Ronald Coleman or or James Mason as the villain instead of instead of this guy who talks like this, I just. If I were Roger Ebert, I would give it a thumbs down, and that's that's how I feel about that there.
5: And that is a O. Okay,
0: but that's three against. It's the first time we've ever agreed on a on, on a on a downward vote. Uh, but just like in uh, that famous show, uh, "Whose Line Is It Anyway?" the votes don't matter. We want you to make up your own make up your own mind, and you ch- decide for yourself whether you like this. We just wanted to present it and then put it out there for you to decide for yourself. As Paul said a minute ago, make your own informed opinion. Okay,
5: that's right. That's right. Now are we done?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut up. I'll, I'll shut up. I don't have anything else to say.
5: So I guess now yeah, that does bring us to the uh, end of our third episode of Old Time Radio Essentials with Pete Lutz, Paul RBC, and me, Jane St. John. And next time, the cycle comes around to Pete again. And Pete, what you got on the horn next for next time around?
0: Next time, we bring you Rommel's Treasure an episode of The Goon Show, a terrific comedy from the BBC in 1955. Now, I've been a fan of The Goon Show since I was in high school. There was an old-time radio show on the public radio station in Peoria, Illinois. What are the call letters for that? Is it it Uh,
4: WCBU?
1: I
0: think. Yeah, WCBU. WCBU. Yeah. Uh, WCBU in the 70s played uh, an episode of The Goon Show, and then when I was in Scotland... I found uh, lots of recordings of the Goon Show and brought them home with me. Rommel's Treasure is one of my favorites. It is crazy. It is zany. You will be laughing every other minute because of all the wild and wacky things go on. But maybe not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's... I'm
5: not. I'm not gonna laugh.
0: No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be frightened by this. It's 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 radio horror for you, Jane. <laughs> anyway, that's next month. That's next month on Old Time Radio Essentials. Paul, Jane, tell the masses what they need to know.
5: Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the all-new Mutual Audio Network. Find us at www.mutualaudionetwork.com or www.naradaradio.libson.com. On iTunes, under Mutual Audio Network, and also uh, Narada Radio Company, and on any podcatcher that you may happen to use. Like us on Facebook at Mutual Audio
1: Fans, and at Narada Radio Company Fans and Friends. On Twitter, at Essentials Old. If you want to suggest a future episode, write us at f6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number 6, and the word P-O-I-N-T, and the number 3 at gmail.com. But put the word essentials in the subject line.
0: Yeah, don't be afraid, dear listeners. Send us emails and tell us what you think of the show, and tell us what you want to hear. Nobody's written us yet, and I'm starting to get sad about that. Hey,
5: man. Okay,
0: but before I bust out crying, let's get out of here, okay? Thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to catch us next time on Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now. Adios. Jane, say something. See ya. (laughs) 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 Hi, gang. This is Pete. Now, after all that complaining I did about not receiving any reviews yet, right after we recorded this show, I got notification that we did receive one, and I want to present it to you right now. Uh, And it is a direct review of our second episode from Streaker Pincher. that's the username, in the United States. Now, the first part of it is an explanation of a comment I didn't understand in the episode of the Jack Benny program that we were listening to. I said, I didn't understand what Mr. Kitzel meant by um, mustard in the middle and Johnny Logan on top. Remember, I, we were making fun of Mr. Kitzel, and I said, pickle in the middle and the mustard on top. And then he said, must or mustard in the middle and Johnny Logan on top. And I couldn't find out who Johnny Logan was. Well, Streaker Pincher came in and said um, that Johnny Logan was a jockey. And I'll take their word for it. Sounds like uh, reasonable to me. And a further explanation was that the Frankfurters are horse meat. And when he said... Um, pickle in the middle and the mustard on top, or the mustard in the middle and Johnny Logan on top, he is referring to jockeys being on top of a horse. Now that is something I never would have gotten, but it makes sense, and I appreciate it very much, Streaker Pincher. so thanks for coming through with that uh, explanation. And then they said... This is an awesome show, and can't wait to hear more. Which, of course, you know, is something anybody can understand, and uh, very gratifying. So, Streaker Pincher, thanks for that review. Let that be the icebreaker. Tell us what you think of the show. The rest of you out there who have been on the fence about leaving a review, don't hesitate. Let us know what you think. So that's it for that, and now we take it to the closing theme. Bye-bye. 63 Audio.
1: You're tuned into Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is all things horror on Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day or find Tuesday Terrors in your favorite podcast players.
0: The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.